You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome back. I'm saying that to myself, actually, because I've been away for two weekends. So self-welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, hey, we're less than a month away from Christmas. How did that happen? Yesterday, I was uh, up at Yorkdale Mall when they opened uh, for Black Friday. I was uh, doing live eye for BT there. And I didn't stick around to do any shopping, but it seemed like there were great deals. I'd be curious to know. You can text in 71010. Let me know if you got any great uh, Black Friday deals and if that was a head start on your holiday shopping. Uh, or maybe it's something you buy for yourself. I'm not quite sure what people do if, if Black Friday is like when you go to get yourself that treat that you want. Um, I uh, was away for uh, the week and a half, but overlapped two shows. Uh, I was out west in uh, British Columbia. So I was invited to go to Whistler. And if any of you know Whistler, um, it, it was my first time there. And, you know, going um, early November, it's obviously not time to be doing winter sports, but they have this really amazing food and wine event called Cornucopia. And it was celebrating their 20th uh, anniversary. And it was it was excessive eating and wine consumption, but it was a lot of fun. Well, for me, because I'd never been to Whistler, I've been going to British Columbia for like 15 years, usually, you know, through Vancouver really quickly and then off to Victoria uh, to see my uncle. So it was really nice to be out there. It's a gorgeous place. It rained most of the days I was there, um, but uh, I didn't have high expectations. And I guess for those of you who do go to Whistler once in a while, maybe you ski um, what or snowboard, what surprised me to learn is that summer is actually busier for them than winter. So that blew my mind because I know without ever having been there in December or January, that it's a really popular place. But then to know that, you know, June, July, August, it's even more popular uh, really shocked me. I just I had no clue. And uh, there was also some really great food out there. And, you know, for those of you who are familiar with Whistler, I don't think that would surprise you. But for those of you who've never considered it, uh, you know, as someone who, you know, reads about food, writes about food and talks about it all the time, it was really amazing to try some of the great restaurants uh, that they have out there. Um, And then I did this quick trip to uh, Victoria. Uh, I have an uncle out there. And uh, if you followed along on my social media, you'd know that um, I also spent a little time with my cousin. Uh, my cousin is a seven-year-old pug named Sonny. Uh, my uncle, who was into his 70s, he doesn't have, he never had children. So he was really sort of that super uncle to my brother and I when we were growing up because he uh, he would take us on weekends, give my parents a break. He would uh, help us out with, um, he would spoil us when I say help us out. He'd help us out with toys and things we wanted to do. Um, so he, in his later years, uh, acquired a dog and this dog can never be left alone. So between my uncle and my aunt, they can't go anywhere together unless it's like a quick trip to the grocery store and Sunny can stay in the car. Um, they, one of them is always at home because they say the dog doesn't like to be left alone. I'm like, maybe it needs to be left alone a few times to know that it's okay and that it's kind of fun to have the house to yourself. Um, and so Sunny claims the um, the front passenger seat to the car and will whine if you sit in it. So my uncle picks me up, haven't seen him in a year. I get into the back seat, so he looks like an Uber driver. And uh, and the dog is all, is all over me, but still I'm not allowed to sit in the front seat. So I call, I call this pug my cousin. And then someone made a comment, said, you and your cousin look so much alike. I thought that was good. Um, We've got lots to do today. Uh, a couple of giveaways, including tickets to the one-of-a-kind show. It's taking place down at uh, the exhibition until next Sunday, December 4th. So you have a full week to use up the tickets. So if you've been thinking about going to check out uh, some of the great artisans and craft makers down there, uh, I went last night and uh, perhaps this is uh, an indicator of my age and where I am in life, but I went on a mission to buy slippers for myself. Um, and I succeeded. I bought a really lovely pair of sheepskin slippers, and I can't tell you how happy I am with them. I did not buy anything else for myself except for these slippers. And But beyond slippers, there are lots of uh, great things down there, which um, if you're holiday shopping, 
It's really perfect to get a head start, especially because you're supporting a lot of local or Canadian artists, artisans, food makers, uh, crafters, that sort of thing. So as you know, if I, where I can, I try to get you to, to explore, uh, local businesses. Uh, so I'll be giving away tickets to that coming up on the show. I'm really looking forward to this chat. I'm going to speak with a senior researcher with the Ripley's Believe It or Not books. They've just come out with a new book. It's a giant hardcover, like, coffee table book and it's full of like the weirdest and oddest facts and photos. So I'll also be giving away five copies of the new book. Great holiday gift. I think it's also uh, perfect as an icebreaker if you're, you know, having people over and it's kind of a mixed group and you want them to start chatting. Just open up to a random page, read out one of the weird things and get people talking. Uh, here's an example. Uh, I don't know that, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but Burger King in Japan launched a limited edition cologne with a smell of grilled burgers. It was called the Flame Grilled Fragrance. It came with a burger and it cost $40. Do you know how many burgers you can buy for $40? You could just take like the wrapper and just rub it against your neck and on your, on your wrist. Anyway, so that's something I found in there. Also, I know you, I think if you listen to the show once in a while, or maybe you follow me on social media at PayChen, uh, you know that I really love cheese. I uh, highly enjoy this dairy product. So then I read this in the Ripley's book. It says there's a Swedish woman with a very extreme phobia of cheese. So imagine this. She's so terrified of cheese that she bursts into tears just looking at it. All types of cheese send her into a panic. (laughs) Even someone talking about cheese is enough to scare her. Imagine this woman and I in a room together. Imagine her crying the entire time because I would not be able to help myself. Um, And then there's this other thing I found. Okay, now i got to flip open the pages. Um... Oh, and I'm I'm knocking things over. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, Portuguese soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo, get this, fun fact for you to share over the holiday season with uh, your drunk uncle. Uh, He sends his personal hairstylist to brush the hair of his wax sculpture in the Museo de Serra Museum in Madrid, Spain. Let me just recap that. Soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo sends his own hairstylist to the Wax Museum Museum in Spain. Uh, his wax figure has natural hair that's been imported from India. And the soccer star wants to make sure that it always looks perfectly groomed and groomed the way that he actually wears it. Can you imagine? Imagine being his hairdresser and you're like... Um, Hey guys, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be away Friday to Saturday. I got to head over to the museum in Spain and style his a uh, style of wax figures hair. Anyway, um, I really enjoyed that one. So we're going to share some fun facts with you coming up on the show when I talk to this researcher. Honestly, this book, I read a lot of things on the internet. I probably spend too much time online. Um, so not a lot really shocks me, I think, anymore, but some of the stuff uh, really? Okay, wait, I'll just share one more. I just think these are really fun things to talk about, uh, like in an elevator or maybe with strangers on the subway, but no one likes to talk on the subway because it's uncomfortable. Um, there is a, <laughs> there's a photo of a bunch of students covering their faces with like rags and there are, they're surrounded by these burning poles that are on fire. And it says, um, this is not an image of a stunt show. These are Chinese students participating in a fire drill at a vocational school near Shanghai, China. So during this mandatory event, they look to be about teens or tweens, um, students had to evacuate the building and run through, listen to this, run through a series of flaming poles and the poles are like archways because they would represent a burning doorway. The students had to run through the flaming poles with napkins over their mouths so that they could avoid smoke inhalation. Once safe from the flames, students were then expected (laughs) to put out the fire. Because using real fire during fire drills is common in Chinese schools. 
What could possibly go wrong when you make students run through fire? Right? Wait, that's common. <laughs> it's it's what they do in many of the schools there. Mike Catherwood, wouldn't you do you think you would do well? I think I would hope I would do well because the the alternative is kind of bad. But just imagine like the casualties or I just I can't even it. Anyway, it, it blows my mind. You're like, oh, we've got a fire drill today, but we have to run through burning poles and then we have to put out the fire ourselves. Like, wh- what could ever possibly go wrong? I know when I was in high school, fire <laughs> drills were always like super boring. Like, oh, yeah, we just got to walk outside. At least this way, they're t- paying attention. The most we ever did during a fire drill was that we had to get down on all fours and crawl as though we were crawling under smoke. And that was it. That was the most active thing we did during a fire drill. So... Anyway, things to think about. Uh, Coming up later, too, I'll talk with lifestyle expert Shona Jensen. She's going to join me in the second half. We'll talk about tips and ideas for holiday. Holiday. Oh, come on. Holiday entertaining. And after the break, if you need to send a gift to someone but would like it to be really useful and maybe, you know, give back to a worthy cause, I'll give you a great idea. You're listening to the Pay 10 Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Right now, let's take a look at News Talk 1010, Time Saver Traffic. Well, the good news, problems on the eastbound 401 collectors at Weston Road have now cleared. The two right lanes are now open. However, things are still slow today. Westbound 401, slow from Young to Avenue Road. Northbound DVP, also slow from Don Mills to York Mills. Southbound 404 from Finch to 401. And eastbound Gardner, it's also slow moving from east of Royal York into Dufferin. In town, we have a problem at Danforth Avenue in Birchmount. A vehicle ran into a tree, closing off a lane. Other problems at Markham and Lawrence and Bloor, west of Bay. Traffic brought to you by GM. Face winter confidently at Chevrolet Certified Service. Get 15-inch Goodyear Ultra Grip winter tires installed from $99.95 plus tax. See mycertifiedservice.ca for details. I'm Miles Marcus with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather, in-depth radio, News Talk 1010. Your next update at 3.30.
more with Pay Chen on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you want to catch up on podcasts, you can always do that online, uh, paychen.com. You can also find me Twitter and Instagram at paychen. Uh, I was mentioning right before the break that you might be, you know, kind of stumped for a, a good gift idea. And it's funny because I, I saw on Facebook today, I'm part of a couple of um, different like community groups and stuff. And someone actually posted, they said, hey, I need 20 corporate gift baskets, but everything I'm seeing is kind of blah and, and dumpy. Does anyone have suggestions? And it's this comes up often, or maybe you only need, you know, you're looking for a couple of gifts for maybe some teachers or um, someone in your life or your kid's life. Uh, I've talked about Food Share a few times on the show. It's an organization that I think is really fantastic and I strongly support. Uh, I've got Heidi Piper here from Food Share. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So we're here to talk about something you're doing uh, for the holidays specifically because you have a new uh, gift basket that people can order. Yes. So we've always done a traditional gift basket uh, with tea and cookies and jam and uh, we still have those. And this year we thought we'd do something a little more food share, which is a fresh basket. And so we have a beautiful fruit basket, which isn't really in reinventing the wheel. We've mm-hmm. seen fruit baskets before, but we also have a funky vegetable basket, which is basically an arrangement of uh, greens and vegetables artfully presented in a big serving bowl. And you can send that out uh, to to people, friends, colleagues. Vegans. Anyone that you need to get a gift for that you might... There's a lot of... I always say to people, I'm like, if I can't eat it or wear it, I don't want it. I live in such a small space that I don't want... I don't want knickknacks. I don't want you to pick out something that is uh, decor-related for my place. Uh, I need something that will eventually disappear. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> policy, actually. If I can't eat it and wear it, I don't want it. So these would be perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they're good for you. So... Um, yeah, there's there is a bowl at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So there's a nice little reminder. Um it's also nice because you get to support a cause, right? Well, and I think for our listeners, some of them might have heard of Food Share, but you do a lot of things. It's not just, uh, let's say, a food program, but let's recap what Food Share does. Sure. Uh, at last check, we were in 140 neighborhoods in Toronto uh, running about 28 different programs. So it's an extensive uh, organization. And our mission is good, healthy food for all. And uh, what we do is we try to uh, improve and increase access to, to produce. And uh, th- that work is extensive. Um, and we do it through a number of ways. We're trying to remove barriers uh, to produce. So that could be geographic, people living in neighborhoods where there simply isn't a grocery store within mm-hmm. walking distance. And there's lots of neighborhoods in Toronto that experience that. Financial, uh, the cost of food has been in the news loads in the last couple of years. Yeah. It just gets more and more expensive. And people are having difficulty paying the rent and putting good food on the table. And then just plain know-how. So we have a lot of programs that teach people about food and how to prepare it and how to shop wisely. Now, there's a couple of things that you do that um, as much as you're, you know, you're raising money to uh, fund your programs, there's also really great things for everyone to get involved with. So I actually know FoodShare because about 15 years ago, I subscribed to the Good Food Box. So there's a lot of grocery deliveries uh, in the city, which I think is one of the great benefits of living in a densely populated area is, you know, there's organic delivery if you want it. There's you, any, if you have a certain diet or type of, you know, uh, food requirement, you can get it, you can get it delivered or picked up uh, very close to you. And I, the food share, um, the good food box is incredibly affordable though. That's like, it's a fraction of the cost of most grocery deliveries. Right. So FoodShare purchases um, about $2 million worth of produce from the Ontario Food Terminal, as well as our, uh, local farms. And we uh, pass that wholesale savings on to our customers. So we skip the retail portion. We fundraise for the warehouse and distribution. And so people do get uh, some cost-saving me- measures, which is one of the barriers to accessing food. So 
Our programs are universal. Anyone can participate in the Good Food Box program. There is a little legwork. Uh, well, I guess you save a bit of money because instead of it being dropped to your door, it gets uh, dropped off to someone near you in your area. That's right. We have a usually have about ten boxes dropped to one location, and there's a coordinator involved, and 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 so you have to do a little bit of the work. You mm-hmm. also don't have selection, right? So when you uh, go to the grocery store, what you're paying for is the option of choosing cantaloupe over honeydew melon. Whereas when we go to the food terminal, we're looking for whatever's looking great, what's in season. There's no uh, sacrifice on quality, but you don't actually get to choose what goes in your box. Well, that's fine because it was the uh, my good food box when I was in my early 20s when I first saw how Brussels sprouts grow because they gave in my box, I'm like, Someone just gave me a tree. I have no idea what this is. I had no idea. I had no clue that Brussels sprouts grew in this like kind of little pyramid on a beanstalk. Shape. Yeah, yeah it, and- that is a shocking moment for everyone when they <laughs> when they finally see that. I remember seeing that for the first time too, and thinking, "Wow, that looks like an alien creation." But just to give people an idea of the price points of the Good Food <laughs> Box, which you can subscribe to, like the small organic box is twenty four dollars. The large organic box is thirty four dollars. That's you know, a lot less than than other you know grocery subscriptions. Oh, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about something you do you do for the winter called power soups. Right. So the baskets, if you order the baskets, specifically are um, funding our kitchen programs, and kitchen programs are community kitchens, uh, teaching workshops, but also something that we're in full swing right now is power soups. This is our nineteenth year doing it. Um, and basically, we are making hot, vegetable-dense, nutritious soups, and it gets distributed through out-of-the-cold programs. Um, this is a United Way-funded program, mm-hmm. but we also have to deliver and, and, and do all sorts of administration. So I think last year, we sent out something like over 17,000 cups of soup. Wow, congrats. Yeah. So it's it's a nice program to be running in the colder months. So I really, you know, I do encourage people who are thinking about sending a gift to someone, um, and if you're thinking about putting together a gift basket or, you know, purchasing one online, um, that the ones through FoodShare are a great way to give twice. You're giving a gift to the recipient. Uh, you're also helping to fund the great programs that you do. Very quickly, we had this discussion uh, before we came on air. You get a lot of requests for volunteers in December, but yes. you could really use them when? Oh, all year round. Okay. So the good food box, which you just mentioned, mm-hmm. is entirely volunteer packed. That's how oh, we okay. keep the prices low as well. So volunteers come, they pull the food off the trucks, and then we have an assembly line and the boxes get packed entirely by volunteers. All right. And there's a lot of great um, programs and like workshops that you can take part in. You can check the website and you can also order uh, the the baskets online there. It's foodshare.net. Uh, thank you so much, Heidi, for joining me. Thanks so much. Have yeah. a great holiday. Hope you sell a lot of baskets. Yes, thanks so. <laughs> All right. So again, foodshare.net. After the break, get organized for the holidays plus your chance to win tickets to the one-of-a-kind show. You're listening to The Page End Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010.
Now we'll check your drive with News Talk 1010, time saver traffic. No major collisions on the highways right now, but there is some heavy volume. Eastbound 401 is slow from 427 to Weston Road. On the westbound 401, things are slow from Bayview to Avenue Road. Northbound DVP, heavy volume from Don Mills to approaching 401. Southbound 404, things are heavy from Finch to 401 and further down the DVP past Lawrence. It's also slow on the eastbound Garner past Parklawn and beyond Jameson. In town, we have some problems at Danforth Avenue in Birchmount, at Markham Road in Lawrence, at Bloor West of Bay, and at Dufferin south of the 401. I'm Miles Marcus with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather, in-depth radio, News Talk 1010. Your next update at 345. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're getting close to uh, the holidays. I just said that um, by accident, but obviously I mean it. So I wanted to uh, now give away 10 pairs of tickets, the one-of-a-kind show. It's taking place down at the Endercare Center. Text in 71010. This is what I need from you if you're texting in to win a pair of tickets. I need your first and last name because tickets will be picked up uh, at the venue under the will call booth. So it's actually called a uh, will call. It doesn't mean that I will call you. Um, so I will text you back if you've won a pair of tickets. So text in 71010 for your chance to win a pair of tickets. The one of a kind show is taking place down at the Entercare Center. That's the exhibition place. And it's going on until December 4th. So you have a full week to go down there and shop to your heart's content and buy me something lovely. As I mentioned, I bought a pair of slippers for myself. <laughs> okay. So more about the holidays. If you're hosting people this season, maybe you get a little bit stressed once it you know rolls around. Stressed about planning, making sure that everything's organized organized and you want to have as good of a time as your guests. So uh, Shona Jensen, the lifestyle expert, uh, you'll see her everywhere really, but BTE City Line very frequently. She's here with some ideas to make it all a little bit easier. And I've said this before when you've come on the show, you are actually the most organized person I know. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've heard that before. <laughs> That's okay. I wear the badge with honor. Yeah. No, you, you have the blue ribbon basically. <laughs> yes. So now do you, um, do you entertain a lot over the holidays? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, my, ha- my place is kind of the go-to stop for everybody, but I genuinely love it. Right. It doesn't yeah. freak me out, obviously. You have- a fairly large family too. Oh, I have a huge family. We were seven in our house. Yeah. I'm the youngest of them all. And so you just learn, you have to do chores like that. You know, you just, yeah. it wasn't even a question of how, should I help out in our house? It was, you will. Yeah. Like I, my mom actually said, I'm not making seven meals a week for all of you. So we all got, <laughs> yeah, she was amazing. You might eat once. Yeah. yeah. No, she, we got assigned a day of the week and you we had did? to make dinner for the whole family that, yeah. So Thank my dad God was, there were seven of you. Cause I if know. you were five, you'd be short two we're meals. So perfect. Or someone had to do double duty. It was amazing. Yeah. So my dad always got Friday. So we ordered pizza. My mom, you always did the big Sunday dinner Yeah. and we all got a different day of the week and we just cooked. I'm sure my mom helped. I mean, yeah. I don't remember exactly. But we, uh, yeah, we all had a day Otherwise, week. everyone's eating chips. Yeah, craft <laughs> dinner, things like that, yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, if we're getting started for holiday season yep. and we're entertaining, which a lot of people will do, and a lot of times it's people who don't entertain throughout the year either. Yeah, yeah. I encourage everybody to jump in to entertain. This is the great time to do it because... And lower your expectations. Don't freak out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you're having your friends over. They're your friends for a reason. You know, if they're there and they're going to start judging you and all that, reconsider your friends. <laughs> no, no. You know what I mean? So one thing that really overwhelms people sometimes is setting up a bar, you mm-hmm. know, because that's something you have to think about, whether it's a dinner party, whether it's a cocktail party, whether it's mm-hmm. a, you know, a daytime stop by, whatever style it is, that overwhelms people. So what do I stock? How much do I stock? Look, yeah, keep it easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have a chilled white ready for you. Have a great red. People are like, oh, there's so many choices. You know, if just to throw one out there, if you stick with something that's like an Australian, like maybe you're going with the Jacobs Creek Reserve Shiraz for the red and the Chardonnay for the white. They're kind of a please all for everybody. You can't really beat those ones. Mm-hmm. Very drinkable. And then it's how much do I get? So, you get about five glasses of wine a bottle. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's, you know, around a five ounce pour if we're going to get gonna technical. I was going to say, maybe I pour too much. Right. It all depends. <laughs> I'm not only three glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty of it myself. But when, from an entertaining point of size, like the yeah. portion you get in, a, in an average restaurant is generally five ounces. So okay. you're getting five of those glasses out of a bottle. How much do you budget for per guest? Like a bottle or what? 
Okay. Hardest question <laughs> my ever. Friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, because I worked for many years in event management. I've mm-hmm. done events for many, many years on top of my own, um, you know, entertaining. That was the biggest question. That's a toughie because you have to know who you're inviting. Okay. Right. If you've got, you know, grandma, well, actually my grandma could tip it back. But um, <laughs> if you've got some people that are, you know, that you know drink way less than others, you've got some that drink a lot more mm-hmm. than others, you have to gauge that yourself. But I say buy extra. But like, make sure you buy enough. You're doing five glasses. Let's say two drinks an hour because right. that's going to slow down at first. That depending on your crowd, somebody might have three within the hour. But then as the night goes on, that'll slow down. So let's give you a rule of thumb: two drinks an hour per person. But then always buy extra. You can return unopened bottles. People don't always realize oh, that. I didn't yeah, know that. yeah, you can have your receipt. The LCBO is great for that. Yeah, keep your receipt. Obviously, an unopened, untampered bottle, and mm-hmm. you can return them. So make sure you buy a lot okay. extra because the worst thing is to run out. Well, I feel like that's the case with food. Is like uh, there's always the fear. You never want to have not enough. Food. Absolutely, you never want people to be hungry. So it's always better to have more than not enough. It is, and and the way to help that with food too is. Pick some of the things that you're serving that couldn't be frozen or you can enjoy later. Mm-hmm. So a couple of the dishes that might be something that keep well. And then you can chop up on those to make sure you have a lot of that food. And then you can you know put that in the freezer and enjoy whatever that dish might be later on as it goes. Or be prepared and have little takeout containers. Hit a dollar store. And My have, friends do that. Yeah. They love to entertain yeah. and they always have a stack of takeout containers or like plastic containers. And at the end of the night, everybody goes home with a package. 100%. It's amazing. It is amazing. And literally the dollar store even has the metal ones with the, so, you know, it can even keep it warm if they wanted to, if it was something needed to just have a bunch of them on hand. They're like three for a dollar or something like that. Great. Send everybody home with something that way. You know, they're also taking something home. They might love that too. You do. So yeah, if you do, like, everybody else I does. And I'm like, hey, I also get lunch for tomorrow. <laughs> okay, mental notes. Send pay home with food. <laughs> yeah, everybody. always send yeah. me home with a, with a doggy bag. Uh, okay, what other tips do you have to keep us to okay, sane? so you know, speaking of food, you know, when they arrive, you want to have food ready. Okay, Thank especially, you. yes, especially if you're serving alcohol, especially, especially, okay? Mm-hmm. But have food ready. People come hungry. They know they're yeah. coming to eat. So generally, they're not going to eat before they come. So the really easy thing is a cheese plate. And that kind of overwhelms the amateur entertainer as well. Do not overthink it. Yes, I know you love (laughs) cheese. Anybody who follows Pay on social media knows she loves cheese, not just because she's my friend. Um, But don't overthink the cheese plate, okay? The basics. You want want four different kinds of cheese. You want an aged, a soft, a firm, and a blue. And that's basic, basic. Okay, aged is like an aged cheddar. A soft can be like a goat cheese. Firm, think like a block of parm. Yeah. Parmesan. And a blue cheese. a little something for everyone. Some That's people, exactly. You know, they, they want a milder tasting cheese, whatever, something or something strong like a blue. Yeah, you're going to um, take everybody's boxes that way, and it's all at the grocery store. From there, reach out and go, you know, experimental with your cheese if you want. I have a pet peeve about being told to arrive at a certain time and then arriving and having someone saying, oh, I'm just putting everything together. I'm starving. Have something yes. for me to eat. Um, have I agree. something there. Don't tell me that you're putting it all together as I'm standing there. Totally agree. And when you're hosting... Think of that. Don't make, have something that's room temperature or ready to go. I mean, at very least a bowl of nuts. Yeah. I mean, but let's take that's that up a notch. Basic, yeah. Um, because if you can't put things in, your appetizers are hot, you can't put them in the oven until people arrive. Well, then that's 20 minutes until they get something. So I totally agree. Think of one of your little nibbles has to be a room temperature or chilled right. item. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you also say plan your serving pieces ahead of time. I think this is great. Yep. I do this every single time I have a dinner party before I pick the dish that whatever. So let's say I've got a you know a Brussels sprout side dish. Yeah. I pull the bowl out that that's going to go in. I put the spoon, fork, whatever it is, a serving utensil in it. And with a post-it note, I put Brussels sprout. And on the platter, I'll put turkey. It's holiday season. That's on my mind. This is the mashed potatoes. They're all labeled. So I don't have to, when I'm ready to plate the food, when it's hot and prepared, I'm not running around trying to find all the serving pieces. Yeah. And it's really great to recruit people. Like, oh, ooh, everything's ready. Hey, you know, pay, come on in the kitchen and help me. You don't have to ask me 75 questions. You yeah. know to grab the Brussels sprouts, put them in that bowl. Yeah. It just makes everything efficient very and you don't organized. have to worry. Well, yeah. For some people who have smaller spaces, the yeah. serving dishes are not where, they're not always the most accessible. Yeah. Like you're kind of digging into the back totally. of a, a cupboard or something. Um, I also like the, well, I don't know if I love this idea, but you say to use place cards. <laughs> and mingle, but I, I guess because I'm a little bit of an introvert and I always stick to the, like, if I see someone in a room that I know, I will immediately, yeah. like, be attached to them. Okay, so you're the reason why I say to do this. Because, well, it's human nature, too. Like, you, you gravitate to the people you know. 
this way, you've invited all these people together for a dinner, mix up the place cards within reason. Okay. Don't, you still have to take in there so they enjoy their evening. Um, but mix up the place cards because then you can watch your friends make new friends. Like that's the joy of eating together. But I have a question for you because I was asked this (laughs) once by a friend uh, who was having a dinner party. If you know that you have a guest that is like, uh, we got to invite Brian from down the street and you know that he is the boring guest or the draining guest or the talkative, like you're like, he's the one that no one really likes to sit next to. Who do you put? Ugh. Do you do that? Like, okay. Why do you have to invite Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Can you not have him over for a coffee instead because of a dinner party? Because someone once put me next to it. They told me, yeah. they said, you're chatty and um, you you can do small talk. So I'm going to put you next to whoever. And uh, I was like, I know. very unfair. Okay. I've been that person too. hundred percent. In fact, I have somebody, I know I'm not going to out them right now on radio, the middle of a dinner party. Someone was that person and they picked me up and moved to be beside them. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? Okay, we need fail. to be more boring. Yeah. That's what it is. Thank you so much, <laughs> well, Sean. My I pleasure. really appreciate it. We're taking a quick break here on the show. We'll be back with more right after this.
Now we'll check the roads with News Talk 1010, time saver traffic. No collisions to report on the major highways, but things are still slow on the 401 in both directions. The 404 DVP also delays there in both directions as well. The eastbound Gardner is delayed past Park Lawn and beyond Jameson. In town, we still have that problem at Danforth Avenue and Birchmount. A vehicle ran into a tree, closing off one lane. And remember, if you're taking the TTC, there's no service on the Scarborough RT for track upgrades. Shuttle buses will be running. Hurry into GNC. The entire store is buy one, get one, 50% off, mix and match today only. Visit gnc.ca for a location near you. GNC, live well. I'm Miles Marcus with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather, in-depth radio, News Talk 1010. Your next update at 4 o'clock. More with Pei Chen on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Just a reminder, you can always find podcasts at uh, paychen.com. You can also, guys, I got to tell you, my niece is freaking adorable. She's a year and a half, and I just saw her when I was out in uh, British Columbia, and uh, she's loads of fun. So if you if you like adorable babies, <laughs> I'm like, I've now become that person. I've become that that auntie. Uh, you can find videos of her online at, uh, at paychen on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's all there. Uh, I was telling you about some of the really crazy things I was reading in the new uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not book. Uh, just, I think it's a great conversation starter over the holidays. Just open the book, flip it open to a page, read out one of the interesting facts and stories, and you'll start a great conversation. I've got Sabrina on the line. She's a senior researcher with Ripley's Believe It or Not. Hi, Sabrina. Hey, Pei. How are you? I'm doing great. Listen, I got to tell you that this book, like, I, for my job, I'm always looking for interesting things to talk about, an interesting story. So not a lot phases me. I feel like I've read a lot of things online. I've heard a lot of crazy stories that don't seem possible. But then I was going through this book and I'm like, no, this can't be real. How do you even start in putting together a book like this? Right. So the really cool thing about the book is mostly the photos, right? So you open to a page and you see something completely eye-popping. So that's what we're really looking for. But unbelievably, a lot of the stuff actually comes to us. Um, we have a lot of great contributors and fans of the brand that submit their own, believe it or not. And that makes it in the book a lot. But I mean, other than that, a lot of interviews, searching the world, working the internet, you know, it's really a lot of work. To- <laughs> it's an interesting job for sure. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I mean, I get so many strange submissions. Nothing ever phases me <laughs> at this point. Now, do you have, because obviously these are stories and photos um, and claims that come in from like all over the world. Do you actually have a lot, do you have a lot of staff around the world or are you like a smaller team and you just have to do a lot of travel to verify some of these, some of these claims or some of these, you know, items and, and locations? We're definitely a smaller publishing team um, located in the U.S., um, but we have to do our fact-checking. So it's a very strong editorial team. And between our researchers, our fact-checkers, um, you know, our editors, there is a lot of fact-checking that goes, with, or goes into making the book because everything in there is absolutely true. And actually, everything in every book is never repeated. Are so you serious? In everything in this book is brand years, new? Exactly. In the 13 annuals, annuals that we have, everything is brand new and all true. There's so many weird things in this book. I thought maybe you just added new facts to each book. Oh, not at all. Every <laughs> single year is brand new. We're wrapping up next year's now. So <laughs> Now, um, I just want to, because uh, we're getting to the near the end of the show, I, I want to let listeners know that I have five copies of the book to give away. So if you want to win one of them, uh, text in 71010, put Ripley's in your text so they know that this is what you're entering to win. And uh, make sure you leave me your email address. So first and last name and email address uh, so that I can get in touch with you. So again, text 71010, first and last name, email address, please. So um, Sabrina, how do you go about actually like verifying something? Like what's the process? So somebody writes into you and says, hey, uh, I think I have broken the record for this crazy stunt or fact. What's the pro- What happens after that? Right. So um, usually if it's not necessarily a record, you know, if it's someone says, I have, you know, eyelashes that are five inches long, we would require, you know, photo verification. A lot of the times we like to invite them down to our warehouse so we can actually, you know, do a photo shoot with them, meet them, and kind of welcome them to Berkeley's family. Um, so there's definitely a lot of, like, in-person contact as well. And um, 
just a lot of steps involved. So there's been quite a few of these books, the Ripley's Believe It or Not books, the hardcover. Um, but who, well, I guess we should go back to like who Robert Ripley was. Yeah, he was an unbelievable man for sure. Um, he started the brand uh, with a cartoon, the Believe It or Not cartoon, which is actually still running and syndicated. Um, it started in 1918, so almost 100 wow. years ago, which is so fascinating. Um, it started as a sports cartoon until he turned it into Believe It or Not, and I'm the one that writes that to this day. Um, we've got a great <laughs> illustrator, Don Graziano, so <laughs> yeah. Now, um, what is, I know, because you say like you've seen it all and not a lot phases you, but uh, there must be, there, mu- there must be a few things, at least a handful of things that stand out to you. That you've said, like, sure. I can't, I can't believe this. For sure. Um, I know in last year's book, we had eyeball shaving. Oh, oh my, my God. I don't even know. You had what? photo with this razor going to this man's eyebrow, our eyeball, in his eyeball to shave his eyeball. Why would you do that? Exactly. You tell me. Like, <laughs> but Although I have to say that is the, that's how people used to do laser eye correction because I've had LASIK done and it's now done the laser, but too, I'm like, terrifying, but if, if, if you're just doing it for fun. Like I, I can't, exactly. I don't figure that uh, anyway. Um, I also saw in this book that um, there's like sheep dung spitting and I'm thinking this oh must be gosh. something old, but it was only introduced in 2015. Brand new in Northern Ireland. Ireland is a part of the Lady of Lake Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually did it again this year. Oh, do they? Well, they're so popular. <laughs> the grossest part about it, they didn't expect to have so many um, contestants. So let's talk. So, like, so what was it actually? Because I thought, is this just a funny name it's, to get people's it's attention? Actually, it's, it's actually sheep dung that they sourced from sheep. They didn't get enough for the amount of contestants that entered the contest. So they actually had to reuse pieces of dung. No. Between each contestant. <laughs> so it was a contest where you're just, sp- I mean, there's so many things you could, sp- honestly, there's so many things you could spit other right. than that. I mean, Ireland, right? <laughs> but also I love that like they had, they had way more contestants than they uh, anticipated. Uh, and it was, right. it was so um, popular. Do you have um, <laughs> a favorite story? Like something that you just thought like, wow, I really can't wait to share this. I really like the Coney Island spread. Um, it talks about, you know, the heyday of Coney Island and the really strange attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of takes more of like a historical view on the book and um, throws it back a little bit. Um, I think one of the most fascinating things was um, that they had um, a village of tribesmen from, imported from the Philippines that were actually living in Coney Island and would have probably the largest crowd for any attraction in Coney Island at Luna Park. Um, and they would have daily dog um, festivals, and they would actually eat these dogs. Oh! And they would. It was, and the horrible thing is, these tribes actually never did this in real life. So it was totally sensationalized. But it was probably the biggest attraction at Coney Island, which blows my mind. Oh my gosh! There's a lot. Right? I, even though this is a book with all new stories, some of them do kind of date back. They're not all from the last year or two, let's say. Um, oh, for sure. There's definitely a lot of cool sideshow stuff you know, from back in history, um, in previous annuals, you know, we've taken a look at like the oddities of the Titanic and, um, World War II. So it's like a nice array of modern and, um, historical. Um, one that I really loved is I opened up to a page and it, uh, it's the one about the alpaca wedding. So it's the hotel in Japan, (laughs) which offers one of the most unique wedding experiences. It says, if you request it, couples can have an alpaca be their witness and pose with them in their wedding photos. And I don't know if you're looking at the photo right now, but that alpaca is wearing a bow tie and it looks so adorable. (laughs) Well, I like that he dressed up for the occasion because some people just don't put in the effort. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I just, so stories like that in the photos. And like you said, this this book is like, is, is full of uh, really great photos. And I, I was quite partial to the food section. I have to admit the section I kind of have to glaze over some of the body stuff. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Because it's, it's a, you know, you don't really want to be eating. That is the most difficult part to research, for sure. Um, I bet. I just want to share some of the facts in the food section. So I'm also a big fan of pizza. So I saw that, uh, okay, this is a great one. Americans eat approximately 100 acres of pizza a day. That's impressive. Uh, And also, uh, Neighborhood Pizza in Florida offers the Everglades pizza. This is what's on it. Python meat, alligator sausage, and frog's legs. 
something so a little different. I'm proud to say that I've actually tried the Everglades. You have? Pizza. I have. I and? Took one bite. I, I was, oh, you only took it one. Was good. It was fine. <laughs> I mean, everything on it was fried for the most part. So you can't if you really fry, go wrong you can, there. Yeah, if you fry, you can kind of <laughs> take away uh, the taste of no, almost anything, right? Of it is, yeah, and it's still on the menu. People, people love it. <laughs> I would bet that you really help a lot of businesses out with this book. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's really great, you know, when they reach out to us and, you know, help us with some photos and it kind of is a pretty mutual experience. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Sabrina. I've, um, I've learned so much by reading this book today. Awesome. <laughs> and, That's uh, great. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. No problem. Thank you. Bye. And just a reminder too, that uh, just in, up until the end of the show, you can still enter for your chance to win one of five copies of the book. So make sure you send your first and last name and your email address so that I can get in touch with you and make sure that your book gets out. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everyone. I will also let all the winners know uh, the ones who've won tickets to the one of a kind show. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend and uh, we'll chat next Saturday.